there is power in unity. Amen? There is protection in unity. And I'm so thankful that we're united in Christ. Let's give God glory for today. I want to let you know, uh, next week, our worship pastor, Ben, is going to be with us. Uh, let's give God glory for that. Uh, amen. Now, I just have to say thank you for the praise team, uh, everyone who facilitated all the details of the day. Guys, there's been a lot of details. We are probably overstaffed for the, what we need to accomplish for today. But I want to say thank you to the staff, the deacons, the elders, and uh, especially Belinda for just being flexible during this time. Uh, let's, let's just God, give God glory for that. Thank you, guys. Here's the deal. Blessings flow in unity. As we live out unity, there are blessings. This is the last value statement that we're going to unpack from our uh, vision. And our vision is hope changes everything. And then we've had these value statements that are going to really guide us for years to come. And they all come from the Bible, but they're going to be at the forefront of our minds. And here's this final one. We value unity in the Spirit. When we established our value statements um, and mission in January, there was no doubt that God was ahead of us. We had no comprehension of a pandemic coming our way in the chaos of this world. And yet he gave us the perfect vision for just this time that, that God's hope in Jesus Christ really can change anything. In the darkest of moments, we have hope in Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. At first, when we established this final value, it really wasn't the final one, it just made it to the end of the list, and it may be the most important, is we just said we value unity. But then the elders started wrestling with this even more, and a few weeks later, we added scripturally that we value unity in the Spirit because we can not be united on all different types of things, but that don't really matter. But when we're united, guided by the Spirit, it, it produces a blessing because there are so many things that divide us. Have you noticed that? There are things that divide our nation, our families, our marriages. Uh, it can be whether to mask or no mask. It, it can be cardinals or cubs. It can, be, uh, uh, it can be things of ethnicity. It can be things of sexuality. We are divided at every turn. Have you ever thought about po uh, politics dividing? Yeah. Have you been watching the news? Division is everywhere, and yet God cries out for us to be united. And in that, he is glorified, and that hope is shared. David writes this in Psalms 133. It's a very short chapter, but David was just getting his heart down as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says in God's Word. Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers, when God's people live in unity. For the Lord has commanded the blessing. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Here's what I want you to see. I've read this before. I never thought about it until this week. We, we know that unity is good, but he says in unity, in your marriage, in your family, in church, at your workplace, wherever you are, when there's unity, he says in there will be a blessing. Man, I want to be blessed. And I also want to bless God and honor him by, by living out unity. Unity provides a path for life, even in the darkest times. I pray that you're encouraged right now. We haven't been here for a long time. I'm encouraged about this. The sermon was supposed to be 20 minutes at 8 o'clock. It ended up being like 48. We'll see if we can go an hour here. You're like, I'm out. Disunity already, right? But here's the deal. There is a, a, a thing that happens when God's people are unified and we gather together that you should have joy and peace that flows. And I pray that you're encouraged by being here today. It's scriptural. Look at what it says in Romans when brothers and sisters in Christ glorify God. 
says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement, I pray you have that encouragement today, when you have the same attitude and mind towards each other that, as that of Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pause for a second. We can worship wherever we are. In fact, we should be living a life of worship, being a, a living sacrifice. But there is something special when we come together with one voice to give glory to God. It says, in that, may the God fill, may God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you're so encouraged, so uh, uh, given such a sense of peace by the Holy Spirit that your hope overflows. As we unite to give God glory today, uh, here's, here's one thing I love. Our voices united are so much stronger than any one voice alone. Uh, you can be the most amazing uh, uh, worship leader. You can be the most articulate preacher with boldness. But that one voice cannot compare to a, a body of Christ being united for God's glory. Amen? Let's, let's just test that out for a little bit. I'm going to, in a moment, say Hallelujah. And I'm going to say it with as much passion as I can. And what hallelujah means is simply God be praised. But it's one word, so it's easy to say. Um, I grew up with my mom saying hallelujah. I think I've told you this before. Uh, she would be needing uh, one more can to, to produce a recipe at the grocery store. And she'd finally find it. And she'd say hallelujah. And I'd be in the middle of IGA kind of looking to hide, you know. But we should say hallelujah. God be praised with passion. So I, I'm going to do it with my voice. And I pray that it is encouraging to you and, and bring glory to God. Then we're going to try it as a group. Here we go. See what you think about this. God deserves glory, doesn't he? Hallelujah! Yeah, amen. Now here, that was inspiring, I guess. At least one brother was inspired. I want you to say it with me with that much passion of that clapping. I'm, I'm, and we'll be halfway there. Here we go. On the count of three, I want you to say hallelujah with me. And see that our voice and in in being in one voice united is impactful before God. Let's say hallelujah. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Yes. Amen. It is so much more inspiring when our voices are united. And we value unity in the spirit. It, it provides power and protection. Here, here's what word of God says in Romans 15 again. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the reality. My voice alone, you alone, will not create uh, peace and joy. But when the Holy Spirit is in us, that's what will fill us. Paul tells the church in Ephesus this, uh, in this a similar situation, he says this, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you're called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, whom is over all and through all and in all. I want to highlight this right now. He says, in the midst of the mess of the world, he says, make every effort to have unity. Guys, that's why through this whole pandemic, we have been trying to, with every effort that we can think about, with that we have resources to do, that we're trying to create unity to connect, whether it's on the radio, online, or as we gather now, whether it was outside or inside, whether it's a service that has strict social distancing or a service that has uh, this social distancing, whether it's mask or no mask. Paul here says, make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit 
Because in that, we promote Christ. That's what Jesus prayed for. I pray that we continue to make effort for unity. Jesus prayed for this. Turn with me to John chapter 17. This is actually a prayer for his disciples. This is a prayer for you and I in 2020, just as much as it was a prayer for uh, the disciples uh, in that time, at that moment. In verse 11, he says this. He says, protect them by the power of your name, the name you give me, you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Look at verse 21, that they may be one. Verse 22, that they may be one as we are one. And verse 23 says, that they may be brought to complete unity. The prayer of Jesus was that we would be unified. And in that, peace will flow. In that, there'll be a blessing. He is praying that we would reflect and that we would model the relationship between the Father and the Son. So what does that look like? How do we do that practically? You know, we can say we're, we're wanting to be unified. We can do things. We can put on shirts uh, that have the same message. We, we can uh, say hallelujah all together. And those are things that can kind of inspire us for a moment. But what do we do day in and day out to stay unified? I'm going to look at three things today. The first are easy to remember. We need to have purpose and proper praise. Look at this. Look, look at the text, to John 17, verse 4. Jesus says, I have brought you glory. He's talking to the Father in this prayer. On earth by completing the work you've given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. There is so much in this passage. Jesus is declaring that he was with the Father even before anything else existed, and they were one. We were, we were together. You guys know this. But he says, in that moment, we had unity. And then I continue to fulfill that unity by doing what you sent me to do. And that's where I get this idea of staying on purpose. Jesus is acknowledging here, they stayed unified, he said, because I began to complete what you asked me to do. The purpose, the mission you gave me, I'm on. Guys, when we're on mission together, when we're on the same page with our purpose, we're going to be united. Have you ever tried to, to really think about having unity with someone when they're pulling in another direction? Sometimes it can happen in marriages, it can happen on a sports team, it can happen at your workplace. But if people have different focus, if they have a different mission, we're, we're often going to be off. So, so what Jesus is saying here, stay unified by staying on purpose. He also says there's unity when we give proper praise. He says, give me glory as I've given you glory, and then I'll give you more glory. Here's what I want us to do. Always give God the first glory. But there's a time and a place where people deserve to be praised. Belinda, during this last year, without a worship pastor, definitely needs praise. The worship team needs praise. They, they, they deserve to be honored. Bree has thought out so many details last week. I just finally said, I trust you. Just, just keep running with it, you know? There's times when we need to give each other praise and honor because we're filling the same purpose. Makes me think of sports teams in general. I've been on a lot of sports teams. I've coached. I've played. It could go with any sports team, but I came across this picture of the Cardinals this week. This was during a, a time when they were having success. Gentleman just had hit a home run. Everybody's congratulating, giving him a high five. When, when a sports team is fulfilling their purpose, which is to win, to be victorious, and someone helps them complete that, that person is honored. High fives, congratulations. But have you ever seen a sports team where even during times of success, there will be a person that doesn't participate in the praise? In that, there's no unity. 
God is saying if, if we really uh, want to be unified, be ready to give him praise and one another praise and honor. Let me ask you, are you doing that right now? Are, unifi- are you unified with our purpose, which is to share God's hope with the world, to be on mission, to love God, love people, and to serve all? And then are you willing to give praise to God and then our brothers and sisters? Unity does not mean we're all going to look the same. In fact, I believe that is a little boring. Think about it. God, the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, and God, the Holy Spirit, even though they are one in unity, they're very different. They have different qualities. They have different strengths. They have different uh, abilities to, to nurture us, to grow us. Even though they have one purpose, they're three in one, and yet they're different. I pray that you elevate the differences around you in, in your life, in your family, in this church. You need to hear this. Even in the midst of unity, we're going to be different. We're different by design. Each of us, the Bible talks a lot about having different gifts and abilities to build up the entire body of Christ. At the core, we're just made different. We need to face it. We need to celebrate it. We need to honor God with it. And here's a very simple way that the world has tried to mess up. God has created us male and female, and we are beautiful in our differences. Males and females are just different. And I don't care if it's politically incorrect to say, we need to understand that as God's made us different, we can celebrate that and not try to have to lump all of society, mankind, into one thing being the same so we don't offend anyone. God has made us different, and it's beautiful. Amen? I'm so thankful for that. God has also created us with different ethnic backgrounds, different skin colors, and our differences are beautiful. They need to be appreciated, not, prepared, uh, not push us into awkwardness. Our differences should lead us to praise God, not, not to push one another apart. Guys, the message of unity does not mean we all are the same. It means we are working with the same purpose for God's glory and his praise. I, I see it in the church right now. We are very different right now, even in the service. Real-time live, it was working just a little bit ago. I trust it's working now. There's people that have chosen to be here in the building, and that has value. There's strength in that. There's people that are watching online. It's exactly where they need to be right now for health reasons. There's people that are listening on the radio. We're, we're in a very different place in, in today's world in 2020, but we are united in Christ, and we can build each other up no matter where, where we worship. And you may be thinking, well, Tyson, this is probably the largest service of the day. And it doesn't feel like we're growing. Guys, I want you to know the church is growing in the midst of the differences. I think the church is reaching more people uh, potentially today than it did a year ago, maybe twice as many. We're, we're adding a service to, to accommodate uh, the social distancing. We're online. We're on the radio. Even though it, it feels different, the facts are God is multiplying his church, and he always will. And we need to celebrate our differences. And when we're different, it cre- creates a beautiful harmony. It's not based on being pitch perfect. Praise God, you don't have to be pitch perfect to be in God's harmony, because I would be out. But when we have the same purpose and we're using our voice, there's unity. We need to embrace our differences. But it's not our human nature. Have you noticed if you're ever li- with someone like-minded than you, maybe look, look similar to you, raised in a similar uh, uh, environment, maybe you even went to school together, maybe you're on the same sports team, you can, you can get together and kind of reminisce after being apart for a while, and you can begin to talk about someone if you're not careful, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but you're like talking to someone that's a lot like you, you can say, boy, that person's different. 
And you kind of actually get closer together with that person by acknowledging that they're different than you. Anybody want to be honest and mention you've ever done that? Isn't that person just a little different you've said to a friend or a family member? Most of you are lying if you're not raising your hand right now. Not all. I mean, maybe you've never done that. We, I've even taken to our family sometimes uh, another step. We might not only say that that person's different. We might even say, man, that person's weird. I don't know if you've ever been with a friend and, you know, it's kind of like you. And you're like, I just don't get them. They're a little weird. A couple times, I'm being transparent here, a couple times in my life, I've been in those situations. And the group I was with, maybe one or two people, we have said, not only are they different weird, we have went, taken the next step and says, we may be the only normal people alive. How many of you have ever said, we're the only normal people? And if you've ever said that, you know what? You are probably different by saying that, you know? That means you're the one that's different. We need to be very careful not to judge others by their differences, but celebrate that. And stay on purpose, not by looking the same, but by being on purpose to love God, love people, and to serve all. That, that's our mission. Our main mission at, at First Christian Church right now is to love God. Give Him glory above all. Uh, love others, even above yourself, and then serve everyone that's hurting. Serve anyone that you can. And in that, we're going to bring glory to God. That, that is our purpose. That is our, our, our focal point, and, and we'll stay unified if we do that. We, we need to know where we're going. I heard someone say this. If you are unclear where you're going, you will get there every time. Think about that for a second. If you're unclear where you're going, that's where you're going to end up, somewhere where you don't know. We're planning a trip to Colorado, and, and a good friend of mine recently said, hey, as you plan the trip, you may not want to just trust every moment with your phone because you're going to get in some of those places out west, and there's not going to be any GPS signal or, or tower, and so you're going to need to know where you're going. I wonder if you know where you're going, why we're here. It is to love God, love people, and serve all. That's where we're going. That's our purpose. And in that, we will share the hope of Jesus Christ. And in that, we will give him glory. So here's two things that will unite us if we're a good team. We know our purpose, and we give praise to God and honor one another. If you're here today and you're like, man, I can't even believe you're doing this. I don't even feel like I could encourage anyone here. Your heart may not be in the right spot, but if you're here today, just thankful no matter what you thought was going to happen. Uh, I'm giving God glory, and I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ. You're in the right place. Your heart is in the right place. Is it always easy? No, and the Holy Spirit can lead us through that. There's one final thing that we need to do to stay unified that I want to highlight today that comes from the words of Jesus. Not only are we going to be on purpose, but be praising God and praising one another, but we're going to stay unified based on truth, not opinions, not just our feelings, but truth. Look back to 17, verse 17. Jesus says this, he's saying, let them be unified, God. And then he says this, sanctify them by the truth. Now what sanctify means is to set them apart, uh, prepare them to, to be a part of the family, to prepare them for unity. Sanctify literally means to set them apart by the truth. And then he tells us what the truth is. Your word is truth. I'm glad we don't have to wonder sometimes. Is truth what Fox News says? Is truth what CNN says? Is truth what the media says? No matter what outlet it is, that may or may not be truth. But what we know is truth is God's word. We know it to be true. 
Don't, don't be confused by uh, this angle or, or that angle. Uh, sometimes they can be helpful, but sometimes they affect our feelings and pull us away from the truth. Here's what it says. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Unity in relationships must be grounded by truth, not just by feelings. I love it when my feelings line up with facts and truth. But sometimes, I've got to be honest, my feelings will lead me astray and take me down a path that's so far from the truth. Check and see if your feelings are lining up with truth. And you're like, well, what's the truth? It's God's word. You say, well, I don't even really know if I can find truth. I'm glad you asked. Jesus says this in John 8, know the truth and the truth will set you free. He, he does say we can know truth. If you've been around and had conversations with people of higher learning in the last 10 years especially, uh, and it's increasing, there's this concept that you really can't know truth. That, that, that it, my truth is not necessarily true for you, and, and your truth isn't true for even your spouse. And people have rejected this ability to know truth. Here's what Jesus says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if you're wrestling in your own mind with this uh, uh, concept that maybe it's not possible to know truth, you're not only rejecting truth, you know who you're rejecting? Jesus. Because he said, know the truth. Know the truth. God's truth is the absolute standard for living, and it's his word. The truth goes beyond us all. Here, here's the reality. Uh, the truth goes beyond all of us. No matter what you feel, no matter what you believe, no matter what you hold as facts, God's truth is outside of you because it's perfect. Too many people are basing how they live on how they feel, what they believe. And Jesus is saying, it's, it's really possible to know the truth and to apply it. And he says, in that, you'll be set apart for unity. Because here's what happens. When, when we're set apart to live together based on feelings, I'll have this group of people feel this way, and these people feel this way, and everybody at home feels another way. We need to, to ground ourselves not on feelings, but, but God's truth, the facts of God's word. Our human feelings will often lead us to lose focus of our purpose. Think about it this way. If you had a car that wasn't cooling, its air conditioning system wasn't working, and, and you knew it just wasn't getting cold, and you took in the mechanic, he says, you know what, I know you, you think it's your air conditioning, but I really think we need just to replace the entire engine. You might check and get a new mechanic, because he feels that it needs an entire engine. You might get a second opinion. Let's say you go to a, a carpenter, a, a contractor. You're wanting to, to add a second story to your uh, uh, summer cottage, uh, maybe uh, in Michigan, where, wherever, wherever you do. Uh, and you can invite me if you'd like. But you're wanting to add a second cottage, a second level. And the carpenter says, I feel like the initial foundation and that sub, uh, subframe can support one or two more storage. That's just how I feel. Might, you might want to get a second opinion. Maybe you go to a doctor, and you've been sick for a long time. You're just not feeling well. He says, you know what? I haven't ever tried this drug before, but I feel like it would work on you. You might want to get a second opinion. We, we don't want to trust someone with, with our life, with, with our blessings, unless it's based on truth. It can't just be based on feelings. And here's the good news. We don't have to guess where truth is found. Here's what Jesus says in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus himself is the truth. 
You may be here today. You may be watching online or listening on the radio. If you want to be with the Father, maybe, maybe your earthly father has, has uh, died years ago. Maybe you've never known your dad. If you want to be with the Heavenly Father forever, the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ, period. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. Some of you may be still thinking, but Tyson, what's the truth? You say, Jesus is the truth, but what's the truth on other matters? Process this for a second. Truth is God's view on any matter. Well, that's debatable. No, it's not. Truth is God's view on any matter. A new word at our, her- our house is somebody will say something is real obvious, and, and they'll be like, and one of the boys will say, well, that's debatable. Our family loves to debate right now for some reason. That's debatable. You know, when, when God says something, it's not debatable. It is truth. God's view on any matter is the truth. Romans 3 supports this. Even if everyone else is a liar telling lies, God is true. If all you hear from the culture around you, if all you hear even from your best friend or even your spouse, you feel like it's just based on an opinion or feeling and there's no truth in it, if everyone else is blowing you smoke, God is true. So if you're currently believing or saying something that goes against God, God is true and you're a liar. I'm just saying what the word of God says. If everyone else is lying, God is true. If your friend is disagreeing with what God says, God is true and your friend is a liar. If your family or even your spouse is disagreeing with what God says, they are lying and God is true. If the government disagrees with God, you know who's true? God in heaven. If your preacher disagrees with God, God is true and your preacher's lying. It doesn't matter how popular it is. It doesn't matter how many people voted it in. If it, dis- if it disagrees with God, it is not true. And we can be united on that. If we don't hold to that, we're going to have opinions that divide us all day long. God is true, and that's so important because if we go based on our feelings, it turns to chaos. That is why so many years ago, our movement of churches called the Restoration Movement, if you see the Christian church or Church of Christ throughout the United States of America, it probably flows out of the Restoration Movement, and that is not a denomination. It's just a group of churches that believes God's Word is true, and so we have no governing body that has to meet at a conference every year. Um, We are governed by God's Word and elders who are appointed by the people. And in that, we find truth from Him, not by opinions of a body. And so that's why our churches long ago came up with this grounding phrase to keep us focused. And it is this, in essentials, unity, in opinions, liberty, in all things, love. On the essentials of the Bible, that God is our Heavenly Father, the creator of all things that are good, that Jesus Christ died uh, and arose from the tomb so that we could live for him, conquering both sin and death, the fact that the Holy Spirit embodies uh, the believer, on those essentials, we are united on things of opinion There's liberty. For example, if we would change the carpet color of this stage and you would have a different opinion, I would pray that you would think there was liberty in that because, in fact, we are doing that very soon, okay? But when we have anyone giving a message about Jesus Christ that's not in the Word, you need to walk away from that person because there there is not an ability to, to negate these things of essential. But there can be liberty on so many things of opinion. 
but in all things there needs to be love. Because here's the problem. We need to make a firm stand on this because the world is coming against us. Satan himself is coming against us. Look back to the text. Jesus is still praying to God, and he says this. He says in verse 14, I have given them the word, he's talking about the truth, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Here's what Jesus is saying. God, please protect them from the evil one because he's going to tell them lies. I've given them the truth, but the world hates them, so he's going to try to divide them. And, and we need to be very careful not to be divided by the evil one. Do you know what Satan is called in the Bible? The father of lies. If you see a lie, if you know it's a blatant lie, it is coming from Satan himself. It, 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 he is the father of lies. By the way, happy Father's Day, dads. You know, thanks, thanks for being here. Do you know that um, what a father has is offspring? And what Satan loves to bring into himself based on division is to pull people away from the real father and to be that father that's a fake. So, so we need to stand up against it. That's why knowing the truth is so important. He's been the father of lies from the beginning. Jesus is wanting us to be unified, and Satan is trying to divide. You can see it in Genesis chapter 2. Adam finally finds a wife. He names all the animals, uh, and they're amazing, but he's like, man, none of these really are a benefit to me. None of them are my partner. I'm not drawn to any of them. And so he understands that, and God sees his desire. So God blesses him with a partner, and Eve is created uh, for partnership with Adam. And the Bible says at the end of chapter 2, they became one. Just like the song we sang, as husband and wife, they're one. There's no uh, greater need for unity than between a husband and wife. And Adam and Eve became one. They were united. And the Bible says there was no shame. And then the old sneaky snake shows up in chapter 3, verse 1. The very next verse, Satan begins to lie to them. Did God really say that? I know God said not need of this, but maybe he was just meaning this. And he begins to twist and, and torment uh, uh, the, the truth. And he puts his feelings in there. And he's wanting to divide them. And then they become divided. And, and, and then everything begins to fall apart. And sin enters into the world. We need to be very careful not to let Satan divide us. Paul puts it this way in Romans 16. You can apply this today. He says, watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in the way that are contrary to the teachings that you have learned. He says, watch out for those who teach different than the word of God. He says, keep away from them. Guys, if you're currently being influenced by someone that's telling a lie, that's teaching different than the word of God, watch out. And in fact, push them out. That there is a, a great case to be made throughout the Bible that if someone is teaching against God's words, they have no place in our place of worship. He says, push them out. Be very careful. You might say, well, Tyson, aren't we trying to grow the church? Yes, we will grow the church when we are united on truth, not on opinion. We're going to draw people to Jesus as we stay focused. John 17, verse 23 says this. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. When we are united, people are drawn to Jesus. When we're divided, it's chaos and they'll walk away because chaos is on the news. Chaos is in almost every corner uh, of our world today. But in the church, there needs to be unity that points to Jesus. Amen? I pray that we do that. We value unity in the Spirit. 
Have you ever seen a church really thrive or grow when they're having a fight over the color of the carpet? Never seen that. Have you ever seen a church really thrive and grow when, when they're having a fight over uh, drums or no drums? Never seen that. Have you ever seen a church grow during a time when they're fighting over things of opinion? Never. So let's be unified over the essentials and show much liberty and love over the opinions. That's my ask of you. It's what Jesus is asking. Let's stay united on the truth. You say, well, how do you know the truth? You study it. One of the great blessings that came to the leadership, uh, I think it's been almost two years ago now, is something called the Gospel Projects. How many of you know what the Gospel Project is? It is our Sunday school curriculum that we're also not only using in education, but now in like life groups and maybe forged and uh, embraced. It can be used anywhere. It is a curriculum that takes us from Genesis all the way to Revelation focused on Jesus. And that is available. Very soon we're going to have restrictions uh, lifted to the point where really all of our life groups can meet with social distancing and taking place and just being good neighbors. If you're interested in studying God's word with a smaller group of people, whether it's in Sunday school or life group, talk to your Sunday school teacher, an elder, or Jesse. Jesse's putting our teams together moving forward. And there's a great opportunity to study God's word and know the truth. And then look at verse 22. When we know the truth, it is unifying, and Jesus says he's going to give us glory. I, I really do not know exactly what that means. Jesus is going to give you a portion of the glory that God gave him before even the world began. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be a part of any glory that God's got to give out. Don't you, we're not supposed to be selfish, but, but if there's one thing I would really want, if God says, hey, you can, you can share in this, would be his glory. Even though he's the only one really deserving of glory, why not receive glory if he's willing to give it out? And you know what it's tied to? The truth and unity. So when we're unified... And we're focused on God's word. He's like, I'm going to command a blessing. I'm going to share the glory. Jesus praying that we'd have glory. David called for it. Let's look back to Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live in unity. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. In unity is where God says, blessing, blessing, blessing. Does that mean your bank account's going to grow? It might. But I think it's definitely connected more to life in general. Thriving in relationship with God. Life eternal is where the blessing is first commanded. He says, if you're unified with the Spirit and the Son, I'm going to give you the blessing of life evermore. Have you taken that step? Have you taken the step to be unified with Christ? And in baptism, here's what happened. In immersion, we're buried with Christ. And the Bible says we unite with Him. We share in His death. And if we share in his death, we will certainly share in his resurrection. And in that, we will live forever. Because if you're united with Christ, no one can take that life from you. Have you taken that step? If you're still just trying to work on your own, you're going to have some good days. You're going to have a lot of bad days. But the Lord promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us when we're uni unified with him. There's protection in that. I was hoping we'd have some kids in the audience today. Is there any... Uh, uh, kids 12 and under in the room, raise your hand. i got another cartoon coming up for you, so you pay attention. This may be the best part of the whole sermon. This is for you. If you're a kid at heart, I hope you enjoy this as well. Watch this. Yeah.
is power and unity. And that unity does not come from just this group of people. It first comes from being unified with Christ. And then when we gather and we support each other, we do have each other's backs. Amen? I don't know if anybody told you this so far. I've missed you. Anybody said that today? I've been missing you. Because we need to be together. Can we continue to grow online on the radio? Yes, you can to a certain extent. I'm so thankful you're online. I'm so thankful that the radio can still connect. But there's a point where you need to be with the brother or sister. It doesn't have to be in this building. The church's people get with somebody that are unified in Christ and grow. But you have to be with Christ first. If you need to know more about that, ask a friend who follows Christ. Dee and I are going to be up here. We're going to have a song of decision. If you realize you've never taken that step to follow Christ, would you come and make that decision today? Maybe you just need to be prayed for. Would you come and, and do that as well? I want you to know there is power in being unified. There's protection in that. Let's find unity in Christ, be empowered by the Spirit, and let's share his hope that changes everything. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. I thank you so much that you've blessed us with the ability to gather together. Thank you for those online and listening on the radio. Strengthen them, give them peace and encouragement. Thank you for Jesus. He is our Lord. He's the truth. Let our feelings and opinions fade as we worship him now. In Jesus' name.